oh man, that was a hard night of drinking. I need to record today. I'm with a hangover nonetheless. Let's see. Man, it looks like Jeremy's busy. Marty is still on a secret mission in the Bermuda Triangle. Roll broke open a barrel of 10-year-aged whiskey. David is on his seventh pool game tonight. And Jer is teaching a group of theater students de-escalating tactics during improv night. Looks like I'll be doing this on my own. Hey, who's at the door? Knock, knock, knock. Can I borrow a cup of brown sugar? Oh, <laughs> it's Tua Dawson from the Invisible Sensei podcast. Wow. Hey. 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 Hooray for me. Hooray. <laughs> Welcome, welcome, welcome to a to karate without oh. belts, sir. No, How thank you, you thank you for having me, man. I'm a big fan. It's it's kind of one of those cliche things where, um, long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I guess that's that's how this is working. Um, I wish we could do a more of a call-in show. I, I've seen people try to do that on like YouTube or like streaming stuff. But it just doesn't work the same as I guess old radio used to. Yeah, but I mean, I, I mean the thing—the thing which is really cool, the thing which is very much like old style radio—is you have their small, smooth, dulcet tones, which makes people want to tune in. Man, if I could ring in live, I would ring in live. I would totally, I would totally bomb your podcast, man. Well, that that depends if we ever do a streaming version of. I I would like at some point. Uh, to to get all the karate podcast people together and we could do possibly on a monthly basis something like that mm. where we oh man i'm keen do a so, sign me up something. sign me up so um you know this is uh us coming in in the i guess first week week first official week of february um in 2021 thank god we all survived mm-hmm. um coming in with invisible invisible sensei to a dawson um this is, I guess, would mark the second crossover we've had with another podcast. Yeah, but I mean, this one, this one, I mean, your first one was successful. We don't know where this is going, man. This, this may never be broadcast, let's be honest. Um, yeah. The, you know. <laughs> Gonna get out of the podcasting industry and get into more of the cheese making industry, because that's really <laughs> where the passion lies. So... <laughs> Anyway, sir, how is how's your week been? How is how are things down? I don't want I always want to say it's down under, but I, that's more of an Australian thing, less of a New Zealand yeah. thing. Well, you can be down, but you didn't have to be under. Uh, <laughs> a little mental health uh, quip there. There you go. <laughs> um, well, it's been a good week, man. Actually, it's been an interesting couple of weeks. I know um, kind of when we had a bit of a chat a couple of weeks ago, you know, it was really good to connect and it's given me an opportunity to kind of really drill down on listening to um, a lot of your, a lot of the back catalogue of KWOB or KWOB. KWOB. I, I want to say that wasn't, that wasn't what we had, we kind of used for it, but I like it more than what we've used. So I'm probably going to integrate that. Um, <laughs> and I want to yeah. shout you out really quickly here because um, I'm really bad at listening to uh, like other people's stuff because mm. I generally, I've been trying to tune out 
more things. But I started putting on your stuff and your interview with Pat Miguel, which was really good, was different from this kind of this stuff I had heard from other places with him. Uh, I really appreciated that. But also, I was just listening. You're one of the few people I think who can actually hold a podcast solo. And I don't, I don't mean that in a any sort of like condescending way or anything like that. It's, it's more that as I always like to tell people, it's like I can't do a podcast solo. It sounds bad. Um, mm. I need people to bounce off and stuff like that, and I'm not that interesting. Um, mm. But you just come at it, you just with such a genuine voice and such a, a you, you're just sitting down talking and just it's so easy to listen to. It, the points are come across so relatably and i was just like wow how have i not heard of this sooner so <laughs> well man hey thank you that, that's a i take that as a massive compliment uh coming from you because um i really enjoy your content too and i enjoy i enjoy just kind of the earnestness and also the relaxed manner in which you approach some of the, a lot of these subjects and you know uh for me i guess the idea of doing a podcast and that people and, and, and that people listen to it is kind of crazy to me but it's really literally as me usually sitting with a cup of tea or a coffee or some kind of um cool beverage if it's hot and just getting some thoughts out the podcast my podcast started really because um i guess there were things that i thought and i just wanted some way to take my inner voice and make it my external voice because i think sometimes when we keep things in uh, when we keep thoughts to ourselves it's this kind of circular thing where they just kind of circle round and round and round in our head and once you get them out especially like having convers like doing this having a conversation with you it you can put it out you can pull it apart you can look at it you can kind of leave the parts you want and, and then you might get a fresh perspective on things so thanks for that man that means that actually i take it as a huge compliment coming from you and um, I, in, in terms of holding a podcast by myself, well, I am extremely self-centered, so. Well, and yeah. that's, that's not to say that, that at all, but it, it's more, it, here's the difference. I've, 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 I'm the jerk who's like, yeah, I feel we need to have, like, take up at least an hour of people's time. Well, you're like, yeah, I'll get it done in like 20 minutes. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> this is actually <laughs> probably more successful because of that. So. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it's a, it's the difference. It's a difference between, I mean, what I like about your format is that you get an opportunity to really kind of just relax and let the conversation go where you want to go. I mean, a lot of times my podcast, I'm I'm sitting in my car um, with my microphone up and then just musing on stuff, um, and which is cool. But I know for me, like from being on this side of my voice, I get sick of listening to my voice. So it's cool to have an opportunity to come on one of my favorite podcasts actually to be on, on Bujin or on YouTube for that matter. Um, so thanks for having me, man. Thank you, sir. Thank you. And yeah, I guess we can, we can kind of low key shout out our uh, affiliation with Bujin. So yes, I'm, <laughs> I'm always trying to be very low key about it and yeah. just, and just, yeah. and just build like, what is this Bujin thing? Um, yes. And not really explain it, just leave a link. Mm. And, and that's that um, it's wow. done nothing really incendiary we promise so <laughs> um, can we give a shout out to um to our to our mutual friend josh simmers on the okinawan karate podcast as well yes yes we have our 
we are the the, the titans of karate podcasting. <laughs> the three of us. Three of, um, yeah, we we stride this world, this this karate podcast world like like gods. <laughs> I'm just thinking of what does that of, make him? What does that make him? I get, well, what I guess if if we are going to. Uh, if we're gonna go old school with this, and if you would be like Atlas or or whoever this like this or Zeus, and I would mm. be Atlas because I'm holding mm. holding up the sky, and then I guess Josh would be Poseidon. Well, did you say Poseidon or did you say beside him? Poseidon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. I mean, Josh. The thing about um, Josh Simmons' podcast is looking on Karate podcast. Is that he said some pretty incendiary things about you and me? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I guess he, he I complains get... about you all the time to me. <laughs> and likewise, I guess. Just because we're we happen to be probably not ten miles apart, actually, at this point. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah technically, yeah. have not been on the floor together yet. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Let, let, let's start crap with other people's podcasts. They're on somebody yeah. else's podcast. Beef. Yeah, it's not beef, man. Let's just start a beef with everyone else. I mean. That Josh Simmons, what has he got that I, I doesn't, I, I doesn't, I don't. I, well, I grass doesn't. of English probably. Is 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 that more of is that more of the uh, British part, uh, Brit, British part of New Zealand coming out? Is that more of the Maori uh, part of British? You know, of, of, but he of doesn't. He doesn't. You know what I mean? Like, um, so yeah, I don't know. I, that was a faux pas that I can't take back now. It's there. There's really no cool way to come back from. My, yeah, and especially really I can't like, fix it in editing. Yeah. Wow, thanks, man. Now we're starting. Uh, I had a feeling that we, we'd get here. Um, with you on this <laughs> Great, that's wonderful. We were talking the other day, and we were kind of having a yak about different stuff. And one thing that came up was style and whether or not it's really going to be around in a couple years. And I think we can go about this in a couple different ways. But I guess I can pose the question kind of out the boat is, is do you think style is going to be around in 100 years? I mean, you know, when you when you put that question out there, it was it's actually been kind of on my mind all morning. And and since we we discussed it, it's it's a very interesting question because I know we were talking off here before we started. You know, maybe 100 years ago, there wasn't styles to begin with. So styles in regards to the way that we think of style mm. is only a fairly new thing. So I, to be honest with you, man, I, it's, it's, I, well, gosh, this is going to probably get, you know, a little bit contentious. I don't have a problem with people who live, have a spiritual belief. I do have a problem with religion when religion becomes more important than what people believe in, or in this case, when the style becomes more important than what you're practicing. It's when, the messenger gets mistaken for the message. And I mean, I mean, you think about Wester doing this doing in the same dojo, say, um, and let's say that we're doing um, I don't know, a particular kata or a particular style, you know, um, shorten or goju or wechu, whatever it is. Within that dojo, you're going to train with a lot of different senior sensei and each one of them is going to have their own take on different things um, across the styles. So you're trying to decide, okay, is my, is my thumb tucked this way? Then my fingers point this way is my stance. This is my stance that, and you could argue that each of those instructors within that style have their own 
style, which yeah. to make it even more um, confusing, which transcends style. I mean, that's not confusing. I don't think that's as confusing. I it it can get like a little out there, but no, that that's I believe completely accurate because every dojo I've ever been a part of, any school I've ever been a part of, is exactly that way. Unless you have people really, really like hammered into exactly the way, like a senior sensei or somebody at the top is is just hammered everybody down to the point where everyone looks exactly the same. Which I don't know what fictional dojo that is, um, or what. Uh, is it fictional though? Is it fictional? I certainly have had visited dojo and actually been members of particular dojo that have almost exactly that in what way though like is in in terms of the, how the forms look in terms of how the training is in terms of how the, like the, the school's organized okay well let's so to so not let cats out of bags into bag a particular style or a particular organization right right what right. i can what i can say is that I was for a long time part of an organization and the style of teaching was we must have, I will call them sensei, um, let's say, it's sensei X. So sensei X does it this way. So we must all emulate sensei X, not try to discover karate for ourselves and how, and how we interpret it in terms of our body and our outlook, our culture, our, sensibilities our common sense what we have to do is we have to spend our time trying to fit into this really specific model an example of that is shikodachi we have to have a perfectly parallel to the ground shikodachi now i'm six four um and i know some people are super flexible but i'm not so the idea of having a perfectly parallel uh, shikodachi and emulating someone uh, a wonderful kinoan practitioner uh, and seeing a sensei who is about five five, um, trying to emulate his style of karate and his take on karate is almost a physical impossibility for me. But what happens is when you spend your time going, we must emulate, we must emulate, you miss the bigger picture. It's that whole Bruce Lee finger pointing away to the moon metaphor. You know, we focus on the people who are trying to teach us these things and trying to Instead of emulating, we're trying to impersonate. And that's that's dangerous um, because it leads to comparison. And it's like Einstein said, you know, if you judge uh, a fish by its ability to climb a tree, you're gonna have one you're gonna have one depressed as shit fish. You know what I mean? Um, and and I don't think that um, Einstein used the word shit, but you get you get where I'm going with that. No, exactly. And and I, I think because I've had, I had almost the opposite problem in, in terms of mm-hmm. people I was training with never knowing what was right, but like always like never knowing which, which ways up and always like waiting for the next, you know, up update or whatever on just yeah. fairly basic stuff. Mm. And, and what was frustrating about that is that, you know, was this an, a ploy by the people up top to keep people confused? To keep mm. people paying money, mm. to 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 keep membership, uh, keep the keep the upper people from mm. thinking they've achieved anything. I mean, they're two different points, but they come back to the same thing. Where I, I think they're perfectly 
I think they perfectly relate to one another. The idea that, you know, you have people, you've got to keep people, a lot of times, I think there's this kind of, for certain people, certain personalities, like to maintain a certain level of mystique about themselves and their style. And I think that, like, for instance, the whole thing about Kyushu. Now, for me, with Kyushu, I'm a huge, I, I believe in pressure points, but I believe also there's no mystery to them. This could yeah. be a contentious thing to say. I think that talking about the Okinawan Karate podcast, um, Sensei Jason Perry was talking to um, Josh, and he was talking about his father's view that there's, his father's um, has, well, he's done a biography of his father. Basically, what happens is it's called Old Man's Karate. Right. Now, what happens is you've got low kind key, of low key, very yeah. low key. Uh, yeah. But, uh, but, plug the thing is, but, you know, in terms of Kyushu, right. in terms of doing pressure points, people want to go from, you know, in today's mentality, they don't want to go through blood, sweat, and tears. They don't want to spend 20, 30 years. They just want to jump to the part where you've created uh, and really refined the style. And I think what happens is, is that if, if you can own, it's like that song. If you own the information, you can change it all you want and you can charge for it. Mm. You know, um, I'm a huge believer in that we have to take responsibility. There's a certain point when our karate is fully formed. I don't mean that in the sense that we can't learn anymore. We're always learning. But you have to take a look at what you're doing and say, am I in some kind of dysfunctional daddy pat me on the head and tell me I'm pretty um, kind of relationship? Or oh. am I... Yes. Am I oh my God, Tua, where have you been all my life? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've used this exact words to my head, but it's never been articulated until now. Mm. 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 You know, it's a, it's this weird thing of um, that under the, with that mentality too, you allow people to treat you like shit. You know, sometimes you can have these people who are, in the beginning, you look at people looking for father figures and having a certain level of dysfunction themselves and being these wonderful martial artists and incredible fighters and, and whatever else you want to label them, but missing an essential cog when it comes to be actually their humanity. And then you've got them teaching, being in charge of these humongous organizations, traveling all over the world, teaching all these people and influencing a lot of people, especially young people. And what they do is instead of saying, hey, this, this is the path towards your own, to realizing where you want to go and what you want to do and we want to support your path till until it becomes um you're on a path i own the path and you don't walk any further than me and if you try and get ahead of me i'm going to embarrass you humiliate you and uh, ostracize you and make you stand at the back of the class stand in the corner with a dunce cap on you know so for me when we talk of styles you know start you know our actual development is stifled when we have those sort of people and we allow ourselves, I mean, you wouldn't put up with that in a relationship. Why would you put up with that in a teacher? You know? Well, and it's always a relationship that you've got, right? Because it's always the student's relationship with the teacher, the teacher's relationship with the student. Like that's, um, or the student's relationship with like the art as at large, other students within the classroom. This, we can't mm. get away from, there's no other form of the martial arts community other than that. Mm. It's, it's impossible. You, you can't, it's, it can be close to a very, very close to family, but ultimately you have those figures. And if it's not in terms of allowing people to grow, right? So uh, I feel we've, we, we both see the same, we've both seen the same 
because that I've ex- I've had those exact experiences, and mm. every time it's it's heartbreaking to see other people. Just, you have to go through that experience in order to come out the other side and just be like, all right, I have to have the kind of wisdom to not that life experience to not do that anymore. But then you see other people younger or less experienced than you have to go through that. Well, it's, it's this thing too. I mean, and that's where the responsibility comes in, you know, the, um, you know, the 12 step programs, you know, when people are doing 12 steps programs and, for various addictions and so on. You know, one of the things, one of the things, the courage to accept the things I cannot change. Well, the thing is that I would rather in terms of karate, we change the things we cannot accept. And that's where the courage comes in. Comes in. I mean, for me, I think style is is quite amazing. Like I I do the 12 standard Bojuru kata, mm. um, but I also, there's some kihon kata, some pinan kata. Um, I've picked up a couple of kata from Ruiru. I've had Shitoru sensei and Goju Kai sensei teach me Ruiru kata. Um, I, you know, I love, and, and then there's Kobudo and all the rest of that. But the thing is, is that I don't learn these extra kata so I can make an extra buck or kind of aggrandize myself in a way where I'm going, right, I'm teaching you not just one style, but many. It's because of, because I particularly like this, particularly Anan. Anan is a kata that I've always loved to watch. And when I had an opportunity to learn it, I think, yeah, but I'm not a, I'm not a Ruru um, practitioner. I, I know Pinan Shodan, but it doesn't make me a Shodan, a Shotokan or um, Shoru practitioner. But I can't think I've ever is, seen is that, Anan. Now, oh, it's a lovely kata. Yeah. And then it's a beautiful hat. I, lo- I love it. But I could be mispronouncing it too. Um, but, the, but the point being is that um, we we have style biases ourselves. I mean, you know, short in for, for I mean, now I'm going to talk about um, the Naha stuff because that's what I know best. For me, you know, Naha people are shorter limbs, they're stronger, you know, they're a little more heavy set and things like that. I'm going when it's short in as a more springy, more uh, more relaxed whipping style. See, that's the thing is we when we have that perspective, then we kind of fit these molds. You know, we go, oh, okay, because I'm a big guy, so I can't I can't have springy, snappy technique. I must have these circles because you know that's what we do. Those sort of limitations are the things which, which, uh, strengthen and underscore those style biases. I think. Right, and I think those style biases, even, which is weird, because they've only really been entrenched for maybe seventy, eighty years at this point. In all reality, I thought about this today, and it, it popped out and popped in my head, like ten years ago. Uh, we were talking, I was talking, that was at a meeting with a bunch of uh, people who I trained with. And one of the kind of senior guys was like, why does, I'm going to kind of do an impression of his voice. But it's just kind of funny because he's from New York. You know, why does, why do we do uh Sakagawa Kata and uh, our Sakagawa Katas don't look like anybody else's Sakagawa Katas? And the guy from Texas piped up because, because it's good advertising and you know, the senior guy was like, that's exactly right. Because just that idea that we know Sakagawa, right? They, there isn't, there's somebody we know Sakagawa. So even though these katas aren't, don't look like anybody else's Sakagawa kata, we're yeah. going to use that name to kind of f- further ourselves and legitimize ourselves through that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think even with like 
the use of shorinu, the use of shnahate, the use of shorite, the use of gojiru, the use of uechiru. These are things to help be easier to identify stuff. But like, and I think the difference between you and me is that most of my training has been actually around more shorin stuff, more shorite stuff. But I've never, ever, ever called it that because it's always been Okinawa or Ryukyu Kempo. Yeah. But well, you, you kind I mean, of pull the a, label off and it looks like showroom you. So but, but the thing is is with that though, bro, it's this it's also too when you get together with other practitioners. Right. It's kind of like, you know, that whole metaphor of to use another metaphor, you know, when you go to a party or you're at a social gathering and people walk up to you and they don't say, Who are you? They say, What do you do? So the first thing is what's your lineage? And that will determine how I speak to you that will determine whether I am greater or lesser than you, whether you are a tiger or you're a chicken in my eyes. So, you know, that's the same thing with style. People go, what's your lineage? And I'm going, you know what? I've had people talk about my, you know, well, you know, a question, not question my karate, but, you know, kind of assume certain things about my karate, where I learned it, how I learned it and what I do. And they want to talk lineage and I'm like, why don't you watch my karate and then you tell me what my lineage is? Because I just get, I think those kind of, those kind of conversations also add to these biases and right. it also underscores style. Um, and now, you know, what you're talking about with Sakugawa, the idea that, I mean, here's, here's an interesting one, like Oro Sensei, you know, um, who was a, you know, I've never, I never trained with him. I never practiced his style, but in terms of my travels around the world, I've met lots of people who have stories about their training with Oro Sensei, and I'm not about to bag them for that. But sometimes I think people don't create these stories, but perhaps they have a perception about their relationship to a particular instructor. And over the years, they deliberately distort their um perception of that relationship to aggrandize themselves you know like I was the last student I was I learned a particular kata I learned the only kata I learned the true one true way he he taught me this and and you see that a lot in karate history and I think what happens is is that you've got to keep it in perspective going to a seminar <coughs> going to a seminar with a sensei is not the same as spending 20 years training with them you know and I've, I think I've, your karate should speak for itself man you know You'll well, cut that there should speak for itself. And this brings us to today because, I mean, you know, if you think of like 20 years ago, 30, 30 years ago, right? You went to the school near you, you trained with whoever that person was. That's all you had. Now uh, we have all, we have more, uh, more information than we know what to do with. Mm. And from a personal perspective, I think a lot of people, it's just more information than we know what to do with. 30 years ago, it would have been like buying all the black belt magazines and all the books in the catalog. Right. Well, I don't. And you know, it's not exactly different from that. We just have more audio visual stuff to work with, but knowing what to do with any of that, it becomes where I think where style's going, where I think you're going to have the death of worth the death of style is going to happen is it's not going to happen in terms of, well, uh, Goju fell apart, or uh, Shoranu fell apart, or Uechu fell apart, or Ishinu fell apart. I don't think that's going to happen. I, what I think is going to happen is you're going to get more and more and more and more axiomization. 
you're just going to have people being, mm. I trained with this guy and this guy and this guy and this guy. And I am Shorin Ryu, uh, Shorin Kai, Shorin Khan, Shallon Do, mm. De, Arnis, De, uh, Eskrima, uh, Filipino, uh, uh, Jiu Jitsu, Kai, Aiki, Do, Jutsu, <laughs> Ren, Do. And yeah. you're going to get all of those signifiers just tacked onto there. Um, mm. Because you have one person who's pursuing all that mm. and they're going to build a style around themselves. And whether, mm. regardless if they have any students or not, you're going to get that. Now, I'm not saying that's what you or me or anybody else does. Oh, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. It's right after this podcast. I'm, 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 I'm just going to start um, <laughs> announcing it. what I do. It's going to be a thing, man. Not going to, you know, you in, and your grades are going to depend upon the, you know, the size of your credit card. Let's be honest. <laughs> Um, but to that, bro, what you were saying, I really agree with that. I think that something to bear in mind is a saying in Māori, in their language, and it goes, So that means that um, the land remains, although the people may go. And I think that that's relevant when it comes to karate. I think that I've kind of moved away from, quite by accident, calling myself labeling myself i mean this, this, obviously the style that i practice is okinaw and gojuru but i think of late i've started to just talk with, refer to myself as a karate practitioner because i think what will happen is this the title come and the title go out but what will be left is karate mm. um and i'm hoping that um, the style the idea that style um will kind of fall by the wayside because I think that it's where that's the problem is like you were talking about, you know, um, you know, organization, organizations do fall apart and they fractionate and all these sort of things. Oh God. Kind of, you know, rather than create this kind of personal take on what they're doing, they spend their time looking left and right and saying what they do is wrong and what they do is wrong. And I'm the real teacher. I trained for longer. And yes, you trained for longer, but I was more intense and I was more intensively trained. And what happens is these students and the style does not progress. What right. it does is it stays completely static. Now that's not to say, and, and what happens is people get stuck into, well, my sensei taught me to do a kata in this way. And this is the only way to do it. I mean, to be honest, in, my, in terms of my, my personal training, if Miyagi sensei came back, Higwana sensei came back. Kandro, Higwana sensei came back. I mean, he'd probably have a conniption at the way that I do sanction. But to be honest, after 40 years of doing karate, I, I, there were just things which kind of make sense to me. Um, and that's not stuff maybe that I, maybe that's not what I teach people, but um, for my own training, and, and that's the thing, our own training is really important. Um, I think that once you drop the idea that you have to, wave a banner and saying this is me and this is the style that I do and this is my lineage and this is who taught me and this is who's my teacher's teacher was and I come from this dojo and just practice your karate and enjoy it you're going to be a whole lot more happier as a person and a whole lot more have a whole lot more longevity as a practitioner I, I agree with like this is Socrates and Plato I agree exactly with everything you said but I think the the issue is going to be where people want to go in terms of learning more in terms of like, if they've been like, for example, people who've been training one place for a while and they want to be under some an umbrella because they feel that's safer or that's 
you know, where they can, they can have more connections and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I feel that where that's going to more go in the future is dojos decentralizing mm-hmm. and becoming more axiomatic, but in a, this is not necessarily a bad thing because they don't have to be a part of a large organization to pay a bunch of dues up to, uh, you know, the, essentially the mafia style of kicking up, kicking up, yeah. kicking up, kicking up, rather than just, okay, we're all friends. Mm. We can all meet mm. up and nobody interferes with, with each other. And we don't go into each other's schools and tell each other what to do. We can bounce off each other's experience and put things together the way we want them to rank notwithstanding if that makes sense i mean the thing is is i mean i'm I'm speaking from the perspective of someone who hasn't been part of an organization in oh my gosh 15 maybe 15 17 years um i have not been part of affiliated to anyone in particular um what i decided to do at a certain point i mean we know we're talking before about the idea of affiliating with people i went through a couple of years ago i went through this period of going oh my gosh i think i should affiliate to someone uh, I think I should find someone um, and I should just kind of sit under the veranda, so to speak. And, you know, and there were some really nice people who said, oh, you know, come and join us, do this and that. But I, what I did is I just decided to, to take ownership of um, my um, karate and take ownership of my development and trust myself and, and try to create respectful relationships with people who are way senior to me. And I don't mean that in any kind of kiss-ass way, but respectful, meaningful relationships to form a, to have a group of people that I, I seek their advice. But at the end of the day, I have to also be able to look in the mirror and say, what's really going on here? And, and I think a lot of times we are so keen to, we have this thing in martial arts where we want Mr. Miyagi slash Yoda slash um, Master Splinter. We, you know, we want that person, you know. And Mickey. We can't, we can't yeah. discount Mickey. Yeah, Mickey. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, and all of these things where we want, we want that person to tell us. I mean, I know, I know, especially for me, you know, massive daddy issues, massive issues of abandonment. So it was easy for me to gravitate and put people on these unrealistic pedestals of respect. Um, and that was in a convenient way of not stepping to the fore myself. That was a convenient way of me not taking responsibility for myself. Um, and, and being frightened to do that and not feeling worthy and allowing it to feed the fires of my own lack of self-esteem. I mean, I don't know what I'm doing half the time. You know, I, I for me as a practitioner, I just see so many people like yourself. Like, there's so many people that I see that are, uh, that you know, like, there is just a torrent of information out there, right? But the art is in going, what, am I, what feeds me? Yeah. What entertains me? What am I watching that entertains me? What am I what am I doing that feeds me? Listening to your podcast is one of the things that feeds me. Um, when you've put stuff on your channel where you're actually practicing karate, I mean, this is a guy who's just practicing karate. And I love the idea of a karate without belts in the sense that you don't, it's not that you don't have them, but it's the idea of, for me, of getting to the to the basics. And the basics is just loving your karate, loving your practice and deriving something other than punching and kicking from it. Well, and and that's mainly what I, you have to strip away a lot of stuff before you actually get down to the the grassroots of it. And I hate to go back into what we were talking about the last two times of the podcast, like Karate Kid. 
because you know, God, all the issues are there. I love but karate. A lot of people do, but I've 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 expressed enough opinions on this on this franchise, um, on this podcast. Express some more, man. Express some more. Go for it. I'm, I'm no, but 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 my thing is it it just it it it's karate's a lot simpler than I think a lot of people make it out to be. Mm. Um, and a lot of it is not about what it is, but it's about how you're is about the practice itself. Um, mm. it sounds that's that sounds really a lot more like it's not what you do, it's how you do it. But it's mm. more like you just have to shut up and, and get to training. And then once you actually get into the training, all of the complications and stuff like that kind of go away because you just mm. you're just training. You're doing the, the sparring, you're doing your heavy heavy work, you're doing your soft work, you're mm. doing your push hands, you're doing your your bogu, you're doing your Kobodo, you're doing your Yakusoku, you're doing your practical self-defense. It's all going to flow in together. Um, mm. But if you're, I've seen people get it, make it way too complicated. And that's where we come, where we're coming to style again, where, well, this style is going to have this and this style is going to have that. And this style is going to have this and we have to mix it all together. Yeah. Mm. yeah but I mean, at the end of the day, you know, it, it goes into the other side of all of this where people are going to be cherry picking everything to try to make a mishmash when in reality all they need to do is just look at their training a little harder and just but a lot more simply mm. that makes sense that makes perfect sense man i totally agree i'm right i mean i think it's you put it really beautifully um <clears throat> i just kind of think that it's like getting out of how your karate looks how a kata looks and focusing on how it feels you know, like if you spend, you know, dojo and that has a lot of mirrors, you know, people stand there and I know I stood there and I want to have my hand in a particular position. I want to make my stance. It's good. And I like it when my gi pops and all the rest of that. But what I do is I'm getting out of how I feel and starting to get into how I look, which is understandable. Um, and like, like you say, I think it comes down to that it's not as complex as everyone makes it. Uh, I think it's when you kind of have this like for me i'm gonna be 49 in a couple weeks and it's not old but it's old enough um where if i train at at almost 49 at 48 with a 22 year old expectation i'm gonna be disappointed every time because i'm living in the past i'm living on things that i used to be able to do and trying to to recreate that um, but if I can get out, put my gear on on a beautiful sunny day, get out under some trees or just and just breathe and relax and move with some sense of peace, then I'm going to derive a lot more out of my karate and I'm going to enjoy it. The, the problem is when, you know, it's that comparison thing. We all want to look a certain way and feel a certain way. I think that if we stop comparing ourselves to others, and I'm terrible at it, man. There's so many people. That, I mean, a good example is um, Michael Hagen, who's a friend of ours who does the uh, Apex Karate um, channel. And, you know, for me, I look at his kata, and I never want to do a kata again. I, I'm not doing a, putting a kata up there for other people to judge and rip apart. I mean, but also the thing is, is that, um, he, you know, he's coming from a, a kind of a tournament, um, a tournament um mentality well not no not, not, that's probably not putting away but i mean there's a tournament you know he's a very successful tournament competitor and he trains people and coaches people um 
But I look at what he does and then he goes off and does some beautiful kubudu and I'm just going, man, I'm not swinging a ball ever again. Training with Sensei Miguel, it's the same thing. You know, like I, what the way he does sai, he does kubudu like no one I've ever seen. Like watching his iku technique, his sai and all these things, I'm going, I'm never doing a sai. I'm never teaching sai again. But the thing is, it's like when we get to, as you said, back to not making it so difficult, getting out of the idea that we have to constantly compare ourselves to others that's where the enjoyment is man i you know like i went to a memorial service for a gentleman called um for a sensei called sensei john ghent he started karate i believe sometime in the 60s he passed away in december he was in his 80s when he passed away um he only ever in terms of formal grade reached shodan he was a shodan for like longer than I'm, i've been alive a shodan and gojuru shodan and goju kai a few weeks before he passed away at 82, he was in the dojo training. He was interred in his gi at his request. Now, in terms of mastery, in terms of people that I want to emulate, um, I would like to, when I shuffle off, I'd like people to say, if it's in the evening, I want people to say, well, he was in the dojo in the afternoon. And if it's in the morning, man, I'm saying, you know, well, he was in the dojo last night. You know what I mean? And, and that, for me, is a benchmark. But as long as I'm getting something out of it, like when you have students, I you know, especially when you have yudancha, you've you graded people to, to shodan, especially, there's that period where people drop off. And I think it's quite easy to get bitter about that. But my hope is that, particularly with kids, is they've gained enough from the experience of doing karate that it's going to have greater application in their lives outside of fighting, you know, yeah. that they feel that something, um, something, more about themselves and they're more aware of what they're actually capable of in terms of pushing pushing past limitations um and you know like when you were talking before i was thinking it is about making it as uncomplex as possible keeping it simple and just going back to the basics yeah and what you were saying before about you know i'm not 22 anymore i'm 48 or i'm almost 49 right so that's a 26 years of what around 26 years of difference but what you're able to do now is not what you were able to do at 22 because mm. you've got that 26 years of experience on that 22 year old mm. right that 22 year old could probably jump around and all that but i'm thinking back to when i was 22 and jesus christmas alive um, <laughs> i wouldn't want to be that person again because you're not the same person that you were mm. and that's, I think, the appealing thing about karate is you know, I've seen people look back at their times of being able to do stuff like that and constantly trying to, re trying to recapture it and thinking that was the only thing where they're not progressing in terms of being like, you're not there anymore. Mm. Karate is bigger than that, that time of in your life. Yeah. You won't be that person again. You can't keep trying to make people that person. Be the person you are now. Mm do the training you can do now mm. because in 26 more years you aren't going to be the same person now and, and, and let's be honest man i mean <laughs> you know the 20 the, the 48 year old me would have hated the 20 year old me that he would have just seen him as a cocky arrogant know-it-all kid who needed a good slap around the back of the head um and <laughs> I, I think that it's funny because you know the trade-off is that I can't do as much physically as I did then in terms of, you know, like spinning hook kicks and all the rest of those kind of cool things. But now as a practitioner, I think my 
understanding of how I how I like to practice karate is is different, but it's also better. My understanding of karate is a lot better, I think, for me. Um, I would love to be able to go back and and you know it's that whole thing of I'd love to go back if I had my time to do again, you know. Um, but we don't. But the thing is, is that that we have to also be gentle with ourselves. Um, we get to a certain point. A lot of practitioners get to a certain point. I mean, get to an age where they go it's just about injuries we get together and go oh man you know like you you don't have a good knee you don't have a good knee and a bad knee you have a bad knee and a really bad knee and the thing is is that that's just kind of how we play so but you know back to the style thing then what am I doing in my style what am I doing in my practice if like I've got been to a dojo where you've got guys in their 40s and 50s who have come to karate later later in life they didn't start as children and their, the bar for their gradings is the same as the 10-year-old, super flexible, super fit kids. So let's start with 300 head high Jordan Moshigiri. And you're sort of going, yeah. It's that, that's not going to work. Yeah, man, that's, you know, like for me, uh, I mean, I, bro, it's like that Willie Nelson song for all the, you know, for all the girls I've loved before. For me, it's all the kicks I don't do no more. You know, there's so many techniques for all the kicks I don't do no more. You know, I, there's so many things. There are things I wish I could still do, man. But, you know, that's purely my ego speaking. But also, there are so many things I was going, why did I waste my time with that? I had to waste my time with it to realize that wasn't going to work for me and had to kind of go through. Go through. I mean, look, man, Karate Kid. You know, for me, Karate Kid, when it first came out, it was just like, wow. I, I was because I was a skinny, brown kid uh, who was not great academically. Um, it was like someone was talking to me. Um, but you've got to go through that. You've got to go through the awkward stage to try and figure out who you are. And I think the same thing with martial arts. And too many people try to bypass that. And also, man, too many people look for answers. I mean, you know, going back to Karate Kid, bro. Here we go Daniel, gets to, Daniel gets to a certain point where he starts going, you know, like learning all these sort of secret techniques. Where he has to look inward, right? He it's he has to try and discover his inner invisible sensei. There you go. <laughs> yeah. that shameless plug. Um, and, They're all, all over this episode. It's fine. <laughs> but and but I think the thing is, is that you you kind of hit on something really interesting in that style is an expression of the individual that i mean i've seen senior sensei who didn't once people have formed these huge organizations around a particular their particular take on how they will do bunkai right these guys didn't want organizations these well, guys are kind of mystified that their people have made these huge international organizations around them they're going i just want to practice karate yeah and and it, it go i mean goes into a kind of misunderstanding of <laughs> Part of that, and, and this could be a completely separate podcast in terms of like the history of how this stuff had gone. I mean, we could do like a like A and E biography on how uh, organizations, in some ways, hurt karate more than helped it. Um, but in terms of trying to maintain some semblance of continuity between what it's being taught from a particular sensei and how a dojo in New Zealand or America or India or the UK is doing it. And like, especially at a certain time when you did not have video, you didn't have audio, 
you had a letter and like some photos and maybe a grainy mm. 36 millimeter camera mm. right um i think what helped people is saying we are part of this thing we are mm. these people we are nahate we are goju we are ryuki kimbo we are whatever right um i think to a certain degree that's helpful so as to say you know as to just instead of just saying we are karate you know mm. i guess in a marketing perspective as well it's helpful to distinguish distinguish yourself mm. but i think now being more decentralized is probably better because you're more distinct and you don't and you aren't the fifth i don't know shoulder new guy in the town mm. right um or you do other different things and you just kind of let your training speak for itself mm. because ultimately the style isn't going to be able to do that and i think that's one of the ultimate problems where uh we have to we always say i've seen this happen too much where they put the sensei's name and the style out there and they think that it's going to shut everybody up and or make everybody impressed and it won't and it doesn't and it, it's fallen on its face flat and i've i've been you know a, a bad i don't know, say victim of that but a uh somebody who's guilty of that yeah so i guess my point my point there is just having having style is fine it's what we all have but mm. over emphasizing it you know that will gradually go away like you were saying before mm. so well it, it also comes down to you know having i mean I, you know this i give an example too also for, to me from what i look at karate for me personally as a, as a person who has a very specific indigeneity i'm indigenous i'm maori and i'm Samoan, and i'm from new zealand and from the pacific and you know, I grew up, you know, we have our own language, our culture, our rituals and all those sort of things. So for me, when I see karate, I always look at it from the perspective for me that I'm learning something which I'm not culturally a part of. <clears throat> um, and that there's a certain sense of, there's a certain sense of, oh, like I will ne- it's not that whole, I will never understand karate because I'm not Okinawan or I'm not Japanese or, or whatever. Oh, that's a different a- conversation. <laughs> Yeah, there is a certain level of respect that I have for it because it is an, uh, you know, you know, to use that term, an intangible cultural asset and a tangible cultural treasure of the indigenous Okinawan people. I mean, obviously, you know, there's been contributing factors to the development of karate from China and from all the other sort of tributaries, for want of a better word, that that have influenced uh, Ryukyu Kingdom and Okinawan karate and so on and so forth. But for me, I just sort of think that. I try to do karate not like an Okinawan. I try to do it with the idea that I want to do it in a respectful manner. Um, I'm not saying that as a stylist, we need to let go of our roots. I think those are really important. But I think that, like you said, our karate should speak for itself. Um, like for me, I'm always amazed when people walk up to you you're at something or some kind of karate event or something and people start off with oh what grade are you you know like for me I find that quite an intrusive question um you know as you know I am a Hachi Shihan Sifu uh 38th dan 
we, 38th you know, gun. There we go. 38th gun. You know, um, 38 you know, caliber. Um, yeah, man. 38 caliber. Thank you. Thank you. Not a lot of people get that. Um, <laughs> but seriously, I think that show me what you do. Don't tell me who you are. You know, uh, you know, I was talking about um, that gentleman who passed away and we were having the after function. Now, now, this interesting thing, the memorial service was comprised of different dojo doing, yeah. instead of doing memorials, they get up and do a kata as an acknowledgement of this particular, it was really amazing, really amazing. That but is the first I've heard of something like that. Yeah, yeah. And and um, like I, my students got up and we did a bokata and I did an ikukata. Um, then another dojo got up and they did seunchen and some people did some of his favorite kata. It was really lovely. It was a really, really wonderful feeling. Afterwards, we went to this function. I was sitting there talking to probably one of the most senior karate practitioners in New Zealand. Um, and... You know, I mean, you get an opportunity to sit and listen to the conversation with gentlemen like that. You shut your mouth and you listen. So these senior practitioners were just having this conversation, but there was this one guy who kept interspersing with, well, I used to be an uchireshi, and when I teach my students, they always say they're learning so much more out of me. And, you know, like, I'm going, hey, man, pull your head out of your ass and realize that you're in the presence of history and tradition and that's what I like about I mean for me with Okinawa I mean you get an opportunity to for me as a I guess from an indigenous perspective to touch the ground where it's where it all started that's what that's for me what feeds me um and language and culture is something which I I love um but at the same time I don't own karate I just practice it um, you, you know what's going to be another bane to the existence of karate is people like um, people getting online like you know talking about the the sort of depth of the the river of karate knowledge that's coming at us now right um, there's certain practitioners who get online and go that's my bunkai i come up with that you have you have plagiarized my material i'm going holy shit man I can't do karate like you. You can't do karate like me. My chieftainship is my chieftainship. Your chieftainship is your chieftainship. You being a tiger doesn't take away from me being a tiger, you know, but I can choose to act like a chicken because you're a tiger. You know what I mean? Well, and and, and you can't copyright. (laughs) You can't copyright technique. Come on. Like, come on. I've, I've, I can, and I will. (laughs) It's not, it's like trying to copyright fish. Yeah. Well, look, I've, I've noticed that you've been doing uh, every time you do a king giddy and a my giddy, and that you know, I am getting the buck. Okay, right. you, you know, you need to, like you say, you got to pay respect, bro. You've got to send, you got to send that money across. I'm, I haven't seen much. All right, all right. Uh, well, I mean, I, I like how you said we don't own karate, we we practice it. You said no one owns karate, but we own our own karate. Mm. and we don't own the styles necessarily we practice right but we own this what the what we practice we own our practice yeah and we don't own it and i think this is this is the thing people need to realize with style we can't back up to it it is not it is not a backing it is it is a kind of overhang if that makes sense that it, like it's going to be above us and it's going to be the thing you know the legacy from from above mm. but we ultimately on the ground it's on us it's not we're we're building on foundations that other people have left, but we can't really see it because it's the foundation. Mm. Weird metaphors. I don't really like them. But. I mean, that's cool. I mean, I just sort of think that once we get past the idea of it's exactly what you said. It's not as difficult as everyone makes out. But 
it's also about how we treat other people. I mean, you know, I mean, for me, a big thing, a big part of a big part of what I like in a practitioner and a dojo is, you know, there's a saying: if you want to see the quality of a person, watch how they treat someone who is unimportant to them. Mm. You know, and so when someone comes to a dojo, like for me, I encourage my. I say everyone has a story, everyone has uh, integrity. Um, treat people as you know. We all know what it's like to go to a place and not feel welcome. I mean, my, you know, for me, when people come to our dojo, um, even if they come in to watch, I get if we have you know if we have the ability and I go, go grab that person a coffee and a seat, tell them to relax if they have any questions, just to holler, you know, um, because the idea is we. For me, I really believe that karate should make better people or make yep. people better. You know, um, it's not something which should separate us. It's something which should, um, we share a passion for something. Like, I'll give an example, man. I'm, I'm a complete nerd. I love comics. I love anime. I'm a Star Wars and a Star Trek. Some people will find that really different. I love sci-fi, heroic fantasy. Man, I read comics. I love cartoons. I love it. Um, now, well, I, if I was, you're interested in Star Wars and Star Trek and you also are an anime fan, can I interest you in this thing called Mobile Suit Gundam? Uh, indeed indeed uh, so so, indeed so. I, I, so i've actually been waiting to say that to somebody all right so, anyway. <laughs> well i mean but the thing here here's a here's an example man so i was working in papua new guinea uh, for a few years and i was working with these gentlemen who were all um i was doing some um some hand-to-hand stuff and i was working with all these gentlemen they were all very seasoned soldiers and we're working at this place called Goldie Barracks. And we're out doing sort of some jungle maneuvers, um, doing this and that. And we were coming back after four or five days in, in the jungle doing, doing this particular exercise. And we're in this kind of troop carrier thing. And I'm sitting there and I'm looking out the window and I'm so tired, so unaccustomed to the heat. Um, I'm feeling, <laughs> you know, I wasn't in any way, shape or form feeling very tough or cool. And I just sat there and I started humming. I started going. Gotta cut it there, otherwise Disney's coming after us. I'm I'm looking at the windows. I'm looking at the windows doing this. And then what happens is the rest, these guys, these toughened veteran soldiers from Papua New Guinea, from the Bougainville crisis, start going. You know, like, and we connected. I have a bloody Star Wars, man. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And I think that's what karate should be. I think kobudo, karate, martial arts should be. I mean, um, there's some wonderful practitioners out there that just want to enjoy and get a buzz. I want to be around people that are that are passionate and positive, don't take themselves too seriously, but take what they do very seriously. That's how you grow. And, you know, life is too short, man. Life is too short to walk away. I mean... I don't know what I'm supposed to do with my karate. I just know that I like practicing it. I want to, if I, the day I die, bro, I want to be walking towards the thing that I'm supposed to do, not walking, I'm not being frightened to to walk towards it, so walking in another direction. And some for me, for some reason, karate is part and parcel of that. You know, so I don't want to spend my time hanging out with people who are total dicks. I want to train with men and women and practitioners and people who love what they do, but it's not who they are. You know, so many people define themselves as, yeah. you know, being a sensei or being senior to someone. I'm like, man, you know, I, over the, I mean, like yourself, you know, I, I've met people who I deem to be by far and away my senior. And I go, 
man, they're just cool guys. They're cool men and women. They're cool, cool people who I want to hang out with, you know? Like for me, when I get when I get to come talk, you know, man, I'm hoping that, man, I'm going to get across. Hopefully we'll meet in the house, go and have a yeah. feed somewhere. Well, you know yeah. what I mean? And, that's and what... have a great conversation and then do some training. Yeah. Oh, and then like, that's the thing where it's like, what is it? The best times I have ever had training has not had nothing to do with style had nothing to do with that had everything to do like it's it's when you have a common language with someone but you don't necessarily like for example i had worked with a guy who did tong sudo or had done like competition stuff and apparently had done this like really really seriously when he was a kid but like he is a bit younger than me but we and we did different quote-unquote styles and we were just chatting about how we did stances and stuff and we were working in like a bank and, and just wow. and just jiving about this stuff yeah, and we were able to develop a relationship and he, you know he was, he was younger than me and he was like inexperienced in terms of like talking to people so he had what we call the the delco slot like the delco accent so he's talking a lot like this up into you know really uh you know really uh the high class customers and so i had a help him with his inflection not his accent but just his inflection um by handing him a piece of classical literature and just like don't worry about understanding any of this stuff just articulate the words to yourself in a mirror for 20 minutes a day was that like ionic pentameter or something like that no it was it was oh god i forget what it was like the iliad or the odyssey but it was just more like read wow. something where you're just hitting all the words right. um so you're like hitting the t's and the d's on stuff mm-hmm. harder than you are like because of the, where i come from the ac- the accent tends to uh really d- the diphthong coming goes down and up and we, we the everything is hotted around whatever so like it sounds wow. i'm making it sound more boston than it actually is mm. Not from Boston, from Philadelphia. Uh, got the Rocky sh- I got the Rocky shirt on. So <laughs> Rocky, I don't know if you, I don't know if you're gonna get to see the, the video of this, but he is literally, you know, uh, he is literally wearing a Rocky shirt. And respect, respect Rocky. I got, I, I got, I got, I, I might put a little bit of the video up, but uh, we'll see. But uh, yeah, no. all right, we've had a we've had a bit of a bang about. Um, it, do it. Is there anything else you want to say about style before we we wrap up? Um about style i think the style is unimportant i think the practitioner and the teacher is, is the thing which is most important train with people that um inspire you but don't try to own you um a good teacher is someone who shows you where to look but doesn't tell you what to see and is able to get out of their own way um you know why spend time with people who treat you with disrespect don't allow people to tell you the truth of yourselves it's um karate and martial arts whatever style whatever culture whatever place you you whatever way in which you practice should be about you the practitioner it's about how you are as a son a father a husband a partner um a colleague a boss an employee a cousin whatever it's about how you are in relation to other people that's what real martial arts is about and um you know like you know a little bit of steve jobs but you've got to stay curious man you've got to stay curious you've got to stay inquisitive and you gotta remember well, you don't know it all but you've got to treasure what you do mm. and 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 realize you know like 
for me, I hope some of these senior sensei who sits in positions of power realize while they're getting online and begging people for the using, that's my bunkai, that, you know, we are all individual people. No one, I can't do the karate that you do. You can't do the karate that I do. Mm. We can only do what what it is, what's what's in front of us, what who we are. We can only express that. And the thing is, is be okay with that. Be okay. Be worthy. Don't look for someone to tell you you tell you you're worthy. Just be worthy. Just and shit, man. Just enjoy what you're doing. And if you're not, Find you something know, to enjoy. go somewhere else. Yeah. Do something else. Yeah. Integrate integrate stuff. You've you know. It's funny is that I was just talking to someone who had been pretty hard lined in terms of this, like style stuff. Mm. And now they're, I was like, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing all right. I'm doing yoga now. <laughs> I'm just like one of the out of left field things. I didn't, I didn't anticipate this person doing. He's like, yeah, yeah. I'm just doing it for my health. Yeah. You know, I really like to get, like to go where you are. And I'm like, yeah, how was, how was the snow treating you? Um, yeah, but, but that's, but that's the thing is, you know, it doesn't matter if you do, can do something with parent, with passion, with clarity, with um, that feeds you. It doesn't really matter what it is, karate or not. You yeah. know, like I mean, when you look at it from the from the perspective of we're training with techniques we don't want to use for a fight we never want to have, doing dances in which we're pretending to fight people who are not there. So from a purely common sense perspective, it doesn't make much sense. But I love it. I'll continue doing it. And if you give it a shot, I'm sure you'll love it. You know, but oh, yeah. you know, we're different strokes, man. No, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Live for your die. Live for your die. We are not. I not come from that part of the world. Um, <laughs> I don't come from. I don't. I'm not that kind of American. Um, <laughs> we just. We just get angry. We just get angry and eat Italian food. Um, <laughs> cool 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 so i want to ask as i ask everybody what do you what's your up for your training plans this week well uh today this weekend it's a long weekend here in new zealand so it's what we call waitangi day waitangi day is the is the uh commemorates the signing of a treaty between the indigenous maori people of new zealand and the english crown um and we're no longer part of that uh, crown so, you know, it's always an interesting time of the year. People have various ideas about it. Um, so we're using this weekend to cut some wood. In terms of training... Um, That's good training I'm, right there. Yeah, I'm, in, in terms of training at the moment, I'm working on um, kata that I don't enjoy doing. Okay. Uh, and finding a way to enjoy them. I've had some really wonderful input from some great people, actually. And, and do any uh, of them involve karma? Oh, I, I love karma. I, lo- I love using. I love karma. But um, we have a long-standing hate of karma on this podcast. So, <laughs> really? oh man, look. Uh, but I can say that I've I've hit myself with most cool weapons. You know, I've, <laughs> I do yado, and I just about cut my ear off uh, because showing off for a girl. Um, so that's another podcast altogether. But but um, yeah, man. Look, the thing is, is that to turn up and just do it to create a good ritual for training and just sometimes man it's it's not right i'm going to do a 20 minute run i'm going to do stretches i'm going to do hojo and i'm going to practice this kata sometimes man just put a t-shirt on your gi pants and go and hit a maki and just see what happens that's what i'm working on definitely definitely 
cool 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 yeah i'm i had a really good training week two weeks ago this week has not been so great so i'm just trying to get into a, a more decent rhythm with uh my training i've been able to get hit the bag with a lot more effectiveness than nice. i have in the past uh, i think i sent you and a couple other people video of me just accidentally <laughs> destroying a uh, a bag I was, that... impressed. was i was i frightened yet there was a little bit of fear in there but it was a little bit of grudging admiration but there was a lot of jealousy i mean if you're going to destroy a bag do it that way what what is this un, un, unleashing a lot of water that shouldn't have been unleashed no man i mean the thing is is like you know what people don't know about jonathan's technique is that um you know dragon ball z man dragon ball z. <laughs> i'm gonna say i'm gonna leave it there haruken haruken that's all i'm gonna say We've either gotten about 500 new subscribers or we've lost, lost. everybody from that point. Yeah, yeah. Well, it is funny when people, but, you know, um, but but look, man, I, one thing I do want to say, if I, if I may, before we finish, is sure. thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Uh, thank you so uh, much for coming on. Oh, man, no. And, and you, you there, are some, there are a number of podcasts that I listen to. There's five. Um, and one of the, the ones that I kind of circle, um, especially I'm an early morning trainer, I love training early. And so having you kind of along and having you in the ear, in the ear pods while I'm training, man, has been really good and really motivational. So please continue to, to keep doing the podcast, bro. And I hope you can find it in your schedule to get on mine. Um, oh, most definitely, most definitely. So honored to have you. And I you think know, but, we will try to do. Uh, like the gods of of karate podcasting stream at some point. Yeah, um, yeah. 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 Just, well, just, so, so let's. Can I be Thanos? Can I be Thanos? Sure, sure. Thanos. You can, you can snap. You can snap. There, there we go. And then we can snap half the other podcasts out of existence. Yeah. So we we can create scarcity, and so people will drive will drive it to the other podcasts. Yeah, I've got a glove, and I'm I'm I've, I'm going to get some gems for it. Um. Uh, <laughs> But thank you, man, and and keep doing it. Um, I'm looking. I hope we can do this a lot more. Um, I'm looking forward to catching up with next year training, man. Thank cool. you so much, hey guys. Keep keep listening to this wonderful podcast. Uh, support our brother. Um, and, and get over and everybody get over to Invisible Sensei podcast. That's actually really yeah. good. it's a, yeah. if you, if I you mean, want a real podcast that's good to listen to while you're training and is actually really helpful and motivational, yeah. he's got the podcast for that. Yeah. So. Well, well, but do I? But do I? Thanks for that, bro. But um, I, I think let's just support each other. I'm keen to do more of these because I have really, really enjoyed this. In fact, I do want to go and get my gear on now that we've had this conversation. Indeed, indeed. I've I I was out the ocean this morning and it was like, I want to go train. <laughs> but the hangover. But the hangover. Let us not look at it as a hangover. Let us. Look at it as an opportunity for growth. An opportunity. Yes, exactly. It's like this is what I want to do. Not be not not be hungover. <laughs> I want to be able to train until we start drinking again. All right. Well, Tua, thank you so much for being on, and everybody else, keep on training.